Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. Mm, but before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Jessica Lee's Jess. How hey, are Jay. you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to. I'm ready to kick the crap out of this quiz. I uh, am very happy that uh, we have turned this uh, into an annual tradition here on Beat My Guest. Uh, you're going to close out the alphabet season here. Wait until I write a little bit about who you are. What brings you here to the hot seat and what you've been up to since the last time you were here? Uh, you are one of my faves. Yeah, well, uh, this is one of my fave podcasts, so feeling is all mutual, my friend. Um, I've been doing a lot of podcasting over at Rob Has a Podcast, and that's pretty much it. I watch a lot of television, and then I talk about it on the internet, and that's kind of how I roll. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a nice role to have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that's funny anymore, but it's been that kind of a season. Uh, let's just let's hope the ending to this season goes a lot smoother than some of the endings to the, some of the seasons that we've uh, been watching on television. <laughs> There's yes. less controversy. I, I I can make this promise. Uh, by the end of this episode, uh, there will be no murders. <laughs> I mean, maybe you'll snap and try and kill me for one of these questions, but the, 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 there's no planned scripted murders here, so at least all the characters should remain alive at the end. So uh, no 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 fan should be too upset. Well, or maybe people are upset when people don't get killed off. That's what I that's what people are complaining about about a certain show that I cover in podcast form at the moment. You know, people complaining about nobody getting murdered in a season. Those amazing race fans are really they get intense. <laughs> uh indeed, indeed. Well, our travels will probably take us to less exciting places, but uh, who knows? Let's see what happens here. There's going to be four rounds of four questions, please, as you know. In each round, I will let you know the categories in order we'll be using for each round. And before I read each question, you get to lock in how many points you wish each question would be worth, Jess. You get it right, you get the points. It's a very simple formula. There's also going to be a halftime bonus for 10 points. At the end of the game, you'll field what we call the confidence question, which will be your last chance to try and improve your final score. But I will explain all of that when we get there. We cannot get there until the world is waiting for us. And let's go. <laughs> Before we go, however, into round one, where the point values is always issues, will be one, three, five, and seven, Jess. I need to let you know that, yes, this is the final episode in our alphabet season. Uh, you know, we have 23 episode seasons. Of course, that is a lost number. 26 letters in the alphabet. So we had to cut a few corners here. So to round it all up, Jess... We're going to squeeze in three letters into this final episode. You'll be doing a round of X, a round of Y, a round of Z, and a round where all three are fair play. And I don't get a round of wingdings. We talked about this, man. <laughs> I said Zeph dingbats, but sure, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Uh, maybe maybe we'll just do a whole emoji round later on just for grins after, you know, it'll be our... Uh, Beat my guess after dark. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't get I don't get an I don't get an audio round where you play me a Prince song and I have to come up with the unpronounceable symbol. That's love symbol number two. That's right. There you go. Uh, huh, 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 huh. You didn't think I knew that, did you? <laughs> Look, dude, I thought you were the one asking me the questions, but if you want to play it that way, that's much easier for me. It probably would be. Uh, <laughs> let's start things off here, Jazz. This will be our X round. Don't make me say anything X-rated. Uh, <laughs> round one is our X round. Point values one, three, five, and seven. As I said, are you ready for the categories? Why not? All right, say it with me, folks. For the final time this season, and possibly the final time forever, we'll, we'll let you vote on that later on. Only, only in Florida. Florida. Yes, indeed. Put it out to pasture quickly. Uh, <laughs> what comes next? Follow it up with the mashup, and we are going to round up round one with literature. First things first, only in Florida, one, three, five, or seven. Uh, only in Florida is a rough category for most people. So let's give this one three points. Three points. Good luck. Here is our only in Florida question. A 43-year-old woman from Okaloosa County was arrested for dumping grease all over a man's head when he refused to stop doing what in her kitchen? Well, well then, 
So we're coming up with things you do in a kitchen. Yes, and keep in mind, this is our X round. This is our X round. Okay. Well, there's not a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of words that start with X, so I feel like you really can only guess a few things. It's pretty limited. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say he was playing the xylophone. Playing the xylophone. Where did you come up with that as a guess? I read my son many books about the alphabet, and almost all of them have xylophones. Yeah, they they tend to cheat in the uh, when they get to the uh, animals. X. Uh, I believe we had one book where they use something called a sholo. Oh yeah, we had that one, and um, there's also there's the xerus. That's the sweet pickles one. Yeah, yeah, good stuff there. Uh, well, you are correct. Uh, writing X questions <laughs> very very hard. Very hard. Uh, I was I was hoping to find something about a Xerox machine, perhaps, uh, for this one. But no, uh, there was really only one thing that I could uh, uncover that started with an X. This man was in her room. There was nothing in the entire article that says whether he was an intruder, whether he lived there. The only thing it said that the police showed up and found a man with stains on his shirt and a puddle of grease by his feet. They arrested the woman. And he kept on playing that xylophone. <laughs> well done, three points. Oh, all right. That's a good start. You know, they, they would have charged him, but they found him being uh, have sense of mallets. No, 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 no. Uh, oh. Stop, oh. stop, AJ. Stop. I'm punchy. What do you want? It's 930. I'm, I'm going to throw up one of those family feud X's. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's on theme. So uh, let's move on here. What comes next is up. What comes next for you? The one, the five, or the seven? Uh, let's go with one for this one. All right, one point. What comes next? Good luck. And here is your question. Moaning Myrtle, 119. Quirinus Quirrell, 122. Nearly Headless Nick, 123. What comes next? 124. Huh. This is interesting. Um, these are Harry Potter characters, and I have to think of a Harry Potter character that starts with X. I can only think of one off the top of my head, and I'm trying to think of what these characters all have in common that would have a number with them. But I'm just going to go ahead and throw out the one Harry Potter character that I know who starts with X, and I have an irrational attachment to him because he's played by one of my all-time favorite actors in the movies. So I'm going to go ahead and think you're looking for Xenophilius Lovegood. <laughs> that was a mouthful. <laughs> Xenophilius Lovegood. Uh, sounds like it really should be uh, a Motley Crue song. Xenophilius Lovegood. He's the one who makes me all right. Uh, yeah, so you're wondering what these characters have in common. Yes, they are all indeed Harry Potter characters. As it turns out, these three are all also alliterative with Moaning Myrtle, Cornelius Quirrell, Nearly Headless Nick. Mm. Um, the numbers are the number of mentions in the Harry Potter series of books. They are mentioned that number of times throughout the books. I just picked four in order and ended on an X character. Uh, only true Potterphiles will know that Luna's father is Xenophilius Lovegood. That is an extra point for you. Well done. Played in the movies by Reese Fons, who's amazing. So I guess I get to keep my patronage of the Real Weird Sisters podcast now. There you go. Well done there. I'm sure they will uh, They will not have to expect a Patronus or something. I don't know. <laughs> Expelliarmus. Expelliarmus. That was what I was looking for. Expelliarmus <laughs> from the chair. Get out. <laughs> it starts with an E, AJ. You're slipping. <laughs> Look, it's a bit of a stretch for this episode, I admit, so just, just bear with me here. <laughs> As my Patronus, the bear, bear with me. <laughs> Actually, it's not. It's the, it's, it's, it's a, uh, some sort of striped cat. <laughs> well, then. But I am at least, in, at least I'm in Gryffindor. So anyway, two questions, two correct answers. Uh, this is why we save you for the end of the season. We, we save you for the end. We save the best for last. And no pressure here. Didn't put any jinx on you at all. Jinx ends in X. <laughs> but anyway, uh, mashup is up next. Uh, five or seven? Oh, 
Right, there's a mashup. I should have saved my one point for this one. I'm going to go with five on this one, I guess. Five points for a mashup. Uh, this one just makes me smile. <laughs> Let's see how oh, it'll boy. make you. Yeah, all right. Good luck. I, I think you got a shot. I honestly, I think you got a shot. Here is your five point mashup That's question. Encouraging. <laughs> After his time in charge of the hilltop came to an end, he moved to a city known for its very athletic golden bears. Oh, do you want me to pretend I, I need to hem and haw a little bit? Um, do some, like, wants to be a millionaire stuff? Because, you know, I don't do that. That would be Xander Berkeley, California. As you are someone who covers The, the Walking Dead, be it comic version or TV version, uh, I was pretty darn sure you were going to know that uh, Xander Berkeley was indeed... Uh, the man who portrayed the leader, Gregory of the Hilltop, uh, who came to an untimely demise at the hands of a noose. <laughs> well, he was the worst. He had it coming. He, he, he was, he, I don't know if he was the worst, but he was pretty darn bad. Pretty darn bad. I'll, I'll grant you that. Uh, and yes, the city known for its very athletic golden bears would be, of course, the University of California at Berkeley. We were looking for a Xander Berkeley, California, which... Not so coincidentally, was your answer another five points for you? Three for three. Break up the band, man. Break up the band. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't get a Beatles round this time, so I got to do something. No, I promised you that you were not going to get a Beatles round, and I stick to my promises. So uh, I was going to give you a confidence category of the Beatles, but I <laughs> had a feeling you weren't going to use it. Uh, you know, I, was, I, I will say I was very, very tempted when this ended up being the... XYZ and you know Yoko is just sitting right there at Y, but I I held strong. You'd be proud of me. <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud. Very proud. Well, I'll be very proud of you if you can complete this perfect round. We have a seven-point literature question. It is what is left in round one, and here Jess is said question. Good luck to you. This book, published in 1965, includes chapter titles such as mascot. Detroit Red, Satan, and Icarus. What is it? Oh, boy. I, this is not where I thought you were going to go with the literature question. I kind of put all my eggs in the basket of Samuel Taylor Coleridge, and you didn't go there. Um, so now I'm, now I'm trying to think of other things that start with X, and I'm kind of coming up short. Huh. It's, I, and I feel like there is like, huh, and it was a 1965 book. Correct. Um. Total stab at nothing here, but maybe this book is the autobiography of Malcolm X. The autobiography of Malcolm X is certainly a book. <laughs> it is a book, and it has an X in it. It does indeed have an X in it. Uh, Alex Haley was, of course, the person who uh, is responsible for writing the book because it was as told to him. And... Uh, Yes, some other chapter titles, including, of course, Black Muslims, uh, Mecca. Those have probably been a little bit more of a giveaway. Detroit Red, uh, who would like to uh, walk through the town with his newly conked hairstyle, would later be known as Malcolm X. This is the autobiography of Malcolm X. We have a perfect round one. Well done, Jess. Oh, good. I can go home now. Well, <laughs> not so fast, Cha-Cha. <laughs> I mean, just, 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 just because we've done a complete inversion of your millionaire appearance doesn't mean that we have to end here. Come on. Hey, I got some stuff right on my millionaire appearance. You, you did. You did. It just wasn't as front-loaded. That's all I'm saying. That was their fault. Uh, indeed. Well, well done. Uh, X marked the spot for you. Clearly, 16 out of 16. A perfect score. Let us keep this momentum rolling here as we move on to round two, our why round. Why? I don't know. I guess I just felt like it. Point values are going to increase to two, four, six, and eight. Here are the categories we're going to be dealing with in round two. Starting off with movies. Moving along to who done it. Following that up with potpourri, and we are going to end the first half in round two with a round the world. Movies are up first. Two, four, six, or eight. Um, let's go with eight points for movies. Eight points for movies. Uh, good luck. And here is your eight-point movies question. The director of what film eschewed his usual on-screen cameo, but can still be heard making animal noises 
in one scene. Huh. Usual on-screen cameo points to a particular person. That's got to be Hitchcock, but I'm trying to remember what Hitchcock movies have a letter Y in them. So that's an interesting, that's an interesting conundrum, isn't it? I'm just kind of going in my head through all of the, all the Hitchcock movies and trying to think of one that has a Y in it, because it can go anywhere in the title. And I actually did, ahead of this podcast, I did actually look up, like, high-grossing movies from, I sorted them alphabetically and thought I would look and see and if there was anything, but none of those movies are movies that would be Hitchcock movies, so... I'm really going to kick myself, aren't I? It's not your to go. It's not not your window. Your to go, the turn to go. I put that one to my kid. <laughs> that would that would certainly fit the animal noises, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Uh, no, AJ, I'm coming up blank on this one. For the sake of everybody, let's put me. Let's put this one to rest. All right, let's tap out uh, a little a little dribbler to the shortstop that he bobbles for the error, and the perfect game is over. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, you got hung up here on on Hitchcock. It is actually not about Hitchcock. I know yeah. you're probably going to yell at me for the use of the word cameo here. I got this directly from an interview, which is the only reason I kept it, with Gene Wilder, who uh, uh. said that uh, his condition on making this film was that the director of the film, Mr. Mel Brooks, not appear on screen. Oh, of course. And this is the film Young Frankenstein. So that would be the horse noise. It is not a horse noise, actually. He did, oh. not, do, he did not do the Frau Blucher. <laughs> no, uh, it is in the sequence where Marty Feldman is uh, taking him uh, and Terry Gar into the castle on, on, the, uh, on the hayride. And uh, you hear a howl off in the distance. And Gene Wilder goes, werewolf. And he goes, there, wolf. Uh... Mel Brooks making the wolf sound. Yeah, I, I guess I got too hung up on the Hitchcock, and you are tricky that way, and I know that about you because it is not my first rodeo, and it's not even my third rodeo. Uh, this is true, and you know, every time we go to Calgary, we have to do the damn rodeo roadblock. I'm so, can't we come up with something? Anyway, I still think they should go back to uh, having a final uh, animal uh, pit stop kind of uh, memory okay. quiz. But. Yep, animal memory quiz. We say it every year, and it never happens. <laughs> I tell you, well, you know, I don't feel too bad for you for missing that one because, again, you had four right in the first round. Let us move on. Uh, who done it? Up next, you still have the two, the four, and the six. All right, uh, let's go. Let's go four points on who done it. Four points on who done it. A little biographical blurb. You tell me to whom it belongs. Born in Kalamata in 1954. He broke his country's record in the 50-meter freestyle before giving up swimming in favor of music. Who done it? Hmm. Oh, boy. Born in Kalamata, and then he was a swimmer, and then he was a musician. Musicians that start with Y. And, all right, I, you may not be allowed to tell me, but if he's born in Kalamata, that sounds kind of Greek. And I can think of some musicians with Greek names that changed them later. So you are looking, the answer I give you definitely has to have a Y in it. And it's not going to be an obscure name that was changed to something later. I'm looking for what this person is best known as. Okay, good. Okay, just checking. There's a couple of different ways I can go with this. I'm going to guess that you are looking for Yanni. 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 That sounds like a kid show character, doesn't it? It does. It kind of looks like one, too. <laughs> I have this picture of uh, Caillou coming home from school with his new new friend. And, and hey, this is Yanni. <laughs> you know, thankfully, Caillou has totally fallen out of favor. It's all Daniel Tiger now. So okay. I've, I've been spared that particular piece of torture. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Caillou. Yeah. <laughs> The whole, the whole controversy with Caillou lately has been that uh, his like Wikipedia page, or or if you look him up on some sort of online uh, question and say how tall is Caillou, he's like six feet tall, because <laughs> because his theme song says he grows a little each day, and this person it, <laughs> who runs the website has been adding an inch each day. <laughs> 
Well, does it literally say he grows an inch each day? It could be an imperceptible amount, and maybe he's got spinal compression that leads him to be reduced by the end of the day. We all get shorter over the course of the day. It's, it's science. This is true. I, I just was stunned to learn that he wasn't actually undergoing chemotherapy and that the, he actually has hair. You just can't see it in the animation. I don't know. That sounds like a cop-out on the part of the animators. It really does. It really does. But I don't know where, why I went off on this tangent, other than perhaps to delay the inevitable, uh, that this uh, singer originally was born in Kalamata, which is Greek. As you mentioned, he was, at the age of 14, the Greek record holder in the 50-meter freestyle, uh, but then decided that, uh, while well, 14's a, a, a nice age, he preferred new age, Played his piano to great success. We are talking Yanni. Well done, four points. The truth about Yanni, he knows how to swim. (laughs) Your brain is an interesting place, AJ. (laughs) Isn't it? Yeah, at least I don't have to go into a Wanda falsetto to sing on my show. (laughs) You don't have to, but maybe someday you'd like to. Oh, trust me, I have. Potpourri. Potpourri is up next. You have two points. You have six points. Which one will you choose? Um, I'm going to go with two points on this one. Two points for Potpourri. Good luck to you. Here is your two-point question. Famous residents of this city include Marcus Mumford, Danielle Fischel, Audrina Partridge, and the 36th Vice President of the United States. What city is it? Oh, there's not very many Y's that are cities. Hmm. I, I think there's kind of two directions I could go with this, but three, really, could well, go with. four if we're talking cardinal directions, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> very funny, very funny. Um, 30, you, you purposely left out the name of the 36th vice president because it's probably... It's probably a dead giveaway. That's what I'm thinking. But I'm trying to think about. Yeah, I'm trying. To, I, I'm now trying to do the math. Like I, I can't count. I can't count all the vice presidents and name them off the top of my head. I probably could at one point in my life, but I'm not that person anymore. I have kids and a life and a podcast. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead. It's one of like it's one of like three that I can think of, and I'm gonna go ahead and say it's Ypsilanti, Michigan. Ypsilanti, Michigan, a fine U.S. city that starts with the letter Y. Love, love Ypsilanti, Michigan. Uh, Unfortunately, Jess, you went in the wrong direction. Marcus Mumford, of course, from Mumford & Sons. Uh, Danielle Fischel, Topanga. Topanga. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Uh, Adrena Partridge. uh, The Hills. Star of the Hills. Yeah, Topanga and the Hills. They kind of point to the Uh, state that we're leading here. Your Belinda, California. Your Belinda, California, home of the Richard Nixon Library for yep. the 36th Vice President of the United States, Mr. Richard Nixon. I hear he's not a crook. It's <laughs> what I hear. The bar for that is getting lower and lower every day. Yeah, yeah. Total exoneration. Total exoneration. Sigh. I should have gone with my gut, man. Indeed. Well, uh, no, no need to dwell. We still have one more question left in this half. It is going to be worth six points to you, should you get it right. And it is our globe-trotting question around the world. I know you have a bit of a fondness for this category. Are you ready? Yes. For six points. Good luck. Held every three years, the Cat Parade, which commemorates the middle-aged practice of tossing felines to their deaths from the tops of buildings because they are evil, is a major... <laughs> Uh, it's a major draw in what European city? Wow, European cities that start with Y. Oh boy. And today we're teaching poodles how to fly. Now I've got to think about European cities. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to come up with this, to be honest. And then I'm going to kick myself. But this doesn't sound like, this doesn't sound like the kind of place I really want to visit. <laughs> it's not a major European city. It's like a, it's got to be like second or third tier at best. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, this is, this is very, um, to borrow a term from Learned League, it's very yekioid, which also starts with Y. Indeed. For the, for the non-initiated, you either know it or you don't, yekioid. 
<laughs> I, I don't even know if that's some, if the, if you actually pronounce it or if you're supposed to spell it out when you refer to it. But well, that's one of those those things, Jess. You, you either know it or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. And I, I think we we gotta admit that I I do not know it. <laughs> so so uh, are we gonna tap out on this one? Um. Yeah, and then I'm gonna beat myself up over this one as well. Fair enough. Uh, I found I found learning about the cat parade to be quite interesting. Uh, in, in the Middle Ages, because the people there were all in that kind of uh, satanic panic and thought everybody was a witch, they thought that the you know witches familiars, the cats, were evil, and so they rounded up all the cats in town and tossed them from the tops of towers so that they would no longer be a, a problem. Now, of course, it's done very tongue-in-cheek with paper mache and uh, people dress up as, as witches and the parade around the town. I don't know why they hold it every three years instead of annually. Um, I, it, the next uh, festival is not until 2021, so we missed the last one. Uh, uh, but plenty of time for you to get there. Uh, this is a town in Belgium. Oh, this is a crossword puzzle town, isn't it? It, it is. It's actually, I believe the proper pronunciation, I mean, you either know or you don't, but I believe the proper pronunciation is actually leper, but it's it's spelled Y-P-R-E-S, and you would think it would be pronounced Ypres. Yes. Or Ypres, but it, I believe the actual uh, local pronunciation is, is leper or yepper. So. You know, I never got a crossword clue referring to the cat parade. They all refer to World War One. Yeah, well, there is that. But you see, they've, they've progressed beyond just uh, <laughs> being a location where other people fought. I guess so. Uh, and maybe maybe that they started this whole like cat parade thing as a PR stunt to detract from the World War One battle stuff. Although I do, I do hear that uh, you know every three years broom sales in nearby Ghent like just go right through the roof. <laughs> oh well, then. Not as successful around Jess, but you know what? That's fine, because although you only got four points in that round, I'm going to add that to the 16 you had coming into the round, and we have an incredibly healthy 20 points as we enter the half. And here's how halftime works. I know you know, but in case people are listening for the first time, and if you are listening for the first time, really? The season finale? That's when you join? No. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Here's how halftime works. It is our only partial credit question of the game. I'm going to ask you the question, then we're going to pause for a brief moment so you can all fast forward that 15 button twice, uh, and then you can come back and find out if Jess has come up with the answer to the question. That's how this works. That's how you get points. And for this halftime bonus, Jess, uh, just mm -hmm. I'm saying otherwise, the answers for this one do not have to uh, follow any alphabetic rubric that we're working on uh, the, the why will be in the question here is the question oh boy yo gabba gabba is a psychedelic uh shall we be generous kids show uh which aired for four seasons on nick jr for two points each all you have to do is name for me any five of the seven regular characters on the show now, this does not include actual real-life musicians or actors who appeared in recurring guest-starring roles. These are five of the seven regular characters on the show. Take a few moments to think about your answers, and we will be back to hear those answers after the break. If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron. Just like Adam, Alan, Andy, Asha, Blair, Brandon, Brendan, Chris, Christopher, Guillaume, Heather, Jake, Kintai, Karen, Madeline, Mary-Kate, Matthew, Muffy, Penny, Ross, Steve, Tamara, Terry, and Tony. All of the patrons who have joined us over the past season, thank you, thank you, thank you. Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. Oh, welcome back to Beat My Guest. My guest this week is Jessica Lee. when we last left Jess, she was sitting on 20 points. A pretty darn good score, if you ask me. And she was working on the following halftime bonus. Yo, Gabba Gabba. It's a psychedelic kids show. Ahem, ahem. Which aired for four seasons on Nick Jr. for two points each. I have asked her to name for me any five of the seven regular characters on the show. Jess... What have you got for me? Well, they all had really nonsensical names, I think. And this is one of those things, like, I, 
I was neither a total pothead nor did I have toddlers at the time this show was on. And I like we've looked it up on YouTube a couple of times and my, my son is just like, what is this? Get it away from me. Um, so I can't say that I am super steeped in Yo Gabba Gabba lore, um, but I do recall the guy, the human guy with the orange afro, I believe his name is Lance. And then they're all like, it's just a mishmash of like vowels and consonants. And, but I think one of them is Broby. And then there's like, a, <laughs> they're, they're all, <laughs> I feel like I could just throw out combinations of vowels and consonants. And they're all like two syllables and they're like Bieber and Boober. And the Bieber was the last time I was on this show. Um <laughs> Yeah, that that's that's Broby is like the I think he's like the he's either the green one or the orange one. I think he's the green one with the stripes, and there's an orange one, and then there's a pink one that's like kind of feminine. And yeah, I I think Broby was the one that was having a party in his tummy. Um, but yeah, I got I got I got two for you, and I described a bunch of other ones. <laughs> so we're gonna get out while the getting's good. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I got two for you, and I'm, I'm reasonably certain of the two because we did watch that video a few times. But and I can sing the party in my tummy song. So yummy, so yummy, <laughs> so yummy, so yummy. All right, well, let us let us sit on two then. Uh, you know, you, you say it's a mishmash of consonants and vowels. I mean, those are those is what we call words, Jess. I mean, <laughs> yes, no, these are ridiculous names. It's a ridiculous show. You know, the leader of the group, the the one human. Uh, character on the show. He is the one who is basically a uh, a drum major from What's Happening, I guess is <laughs> how best to put him. Uh, and that is indeed DJ Lance. DJ Lance Rock is his full name. But you said Lance. That is fine. I am not going to quibble over. I didn't ask you his profession. <laughs> Lance is correct there. We have uh, the red cyclops creature, who is pretty much just the uh, personification of gonorrhea. Uh, his name is oh, Muno. 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 Uh, Muno, yes. Mm -hmm. Don't bite your friends. Don't bite your friends. Oh, we could use that one. I might have to, I might have to go back to that one. Oh, look up Don't Bite Your Friends. That's a fun one. No! 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 <laughs> yeah, we're having a biting problem lately, so this could be useful. I'm there taking notes. Hey, hey, who says you don't learn something here on Beat My Guest? <laughs> I learn something every time I come on the show, AJ. Yeah, you haven't learned not to come back, but I'm grateful for that. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, you were correct. There was a pink flower one. Uh, she's like uh, this flower child uh, bulb, tulip bulb thing. Her name is Fufa. That's not a real word. <laughs> uh, and then we do have our, our, our green striped uh, monster named Broby. Correct. Yes. Two more points for you. We have Tootie. Not to be confused with, of course, the Facts of Life roller skater. Uh, this <laughs> is the, the blue dragon cat. <laughs> And, of course, we have two left. We have the magical yellow robot. His name is Plex. No no word on whether his last name is really E-Glass. Uh, you know, brother, brother of Jan Brady's invisible boyfriend, George. <laughs> no, no, he, uh, he came from uh, the novels of J.D. Salinger. He's Plex E-Glass. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh... <laughs> And last but certainly not least, uh, this is a disembodied crying ghost whose name is Google. Th that one you're making up. I that that is not a real thing. <laughs> I, I, I I wish I wish I I, I wish. Uh, yeah yeah. Uh, those are the characters on the show. Uh, you know you have recurring uh, Mark Mothersbaugh. Uh, does a lot of music, and uh, you have Bismarcky is on a lot. Uh, doing what he does, and Jack uh, McBriar comes on and tells knock-knock jokes with Paul Shear. Oh, it's 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 just a cavalcade of stars. Uh, Elijah Wood does a really stupid dance in one of them. Uh, it's, 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 it's hilarious. Yeah, this is, this is what we got instead of what the 1970s had, which was all of those variety shows. <laughs> this is very true. Uh, yeah, we, don't, we didn't get anybody on uh, Yo Gabba Gabba who was a little bit country or a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> 
you could you could argue that at least uh, some of them are gypsies, some of them are tramps, some of them are thieves, I suppose. But uh, they do teach you how to share, you see, on the show. And that uh, oh, that's uh, never mind. Getting out before I pun again. <laughs> Ouch. Four points at the halftime. You did get two right in that. The two you gave were both correct. You batted a thousand with the swings you took. Uh, I'm going to add those four points to your score, which means you are entering uh, the second half with 24 points. Round three is up next. Point values are going to stay the same at two, four, six, and eight. We're going to move on to the letter Z or Z for my uh, foreign listeners who say Z. And uh, round three, category is going to be as follows kicking things off with analogies. We're going to follow it up with Fungo, move along to Science, and we're going to wrap up round three with Sports. First things first, analogies, two, four, six, or eight. Um, let's go four points on analogies. Four points for analogies. Good luck. Here's your question. Liberia is to Maryland as Tanganyika is to what? Huh. Well, Tanganyika is the name of a lake, and it was also, well, really, I think I've, I've got kind of a coin flip here, because I think Tanganyika is a large lake in Africa, and it was also the name of one of the sub-Saharan African countries before it was named whatever it is named now. But Maryland is kind of throwing me for a loop here because that's not in Africa. So it's really, I feel like the two Z words that are are coming to mind are the two Z countries in Africa, uh, which are Zambia and Zimbabwe. And there's an outside chance that Zaire is somehow involved, although Tanganyika is the eastern part of Africa and Zaire is the western part of the continent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shot in the dark this because it's worked well for me so far this episode, and I'm going to go with Zambia. Zambia is your answer. Of course, when uh, back in the day when I was in uh, sixth grade and they asked us to do a report on any country in the world, I, of course, outdid myself by picking all three Z countries at the time. <laughs> Show off. Wrap them all up together. Well, you know, they all had pretty much had the same history. Was was Zimbabwe actually called Zimbabwe at the time? I, I do I don't believe it date was. yourself here, but I I, I, I I do believe we'd have we had moved on from Rhodesia by then, yes. <laughs> but nevertheless, uh those are the Z countries that we all know and love from uh I guess when I was a kid. Uh none of those is the answer, unfortunately. Oh, uh you you are correct that uh, Tanganyika is merged with another country. Uh, it merged with the correct answer here. Uh, the trick to this one is... Actually, I, I, I asked this question figuring that uh, you might doubt yourself as to whether or not we're looking for one of them Z countries there because you say, Maryland, it's not in Africa. Well, not anymore. But yeah. there was a Republic of Maryland. A bunch of freed slaves actually did go back to Africa and formed the Republic of Maryland, which was later merged and combined with Liberia to form the modern version of the country of Liberia. I am looking for another set of merged African countries. Tanganyika merged with the islands of Zanzibar to become Tanzania, which is what it is today. Zanzibar is the answer we were looking for. Yeah, well, I'm not going to cook it, but I'll order it from Zanzibar. Indeed, as it turns out, uh, Africa, countries, lots of correct Z answers. <laughs> Especially if you go back in history. Well, I cannot give you that one, uh, but I can give you the fungo question. And that's what's up next. Two, six, or eight? Um, Let's go Let's go eight. I like fungo. I like fungo, too. I think it's, it's fun. I'll go. All right, then. Thank you for picking up what I was putting down. Here is your fungo job. question for eight points. As always, these are going to be three disparate clues, all pointing towards the same singular answer. Clue number one. As the song goes, we could never reach a star without it. Clue number two. Naive Nebraskan comic strip private. Clue number three. Actor whose Muppet Show episode first aired posthumously. Okay, so there's a song, We Could Never never Reach a Star Without It, and then a naive Nebraskan private, 
And, oh, oh, Muppet Show 1, I think, is, is where I'm going to put this all together. I think the answer is Zero. And I think Zero is the name of the dumb one on Beetle Bailey. And I think Zero Mostel is the guy whose Muppet Show episode aired posthumously. And I don't know where you're going with that first one, but that's where I'm going with Zero. Zero is your answer. Uh, if you guessed wrong, of course, that's how many points you'll get for this question. <laughs> but I don't think you have anything to worry about. Yeah, Zero Mostel recorded his Muppet Show episode and uh, unfortunately uh, died before it aired. And uh, they waited a few months and then did eventually air it, making him the uh, only performer who appeared on that show uh, after he had uh, passed on. You know, a funny thing happened on the way to the Muppet Theater. On the way out of the Muppet Theater. Yeah. Mm. And you are correct. Absolutely. The uh, naive Nebraskan private from Beetle Bailey is named Zero. As for the first one, that is from a schoolhouse rock song, My Hero Zero. Ah. I skipped all the math ones. I was a humanities person. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. You got your adverbs with Lolly, and then you just... you. You learned that there was a shot heard around the world, and then you just, eh, screw little uh, three is a magic number and Johnny Six Toes or whatever his name was. <laughs> right. I I got off at Conjunction Junction. Well, your function for Fungo was quite uh, profitable for you. Eight points. Well done. I enjoy Fungo. Clearly. Clearly. The, the results speak for themselves. So why am I speaking? I don't know. Science is up next. You have the two and you have the six. Oh, let's go with six on science. Six on science. Here is your six-point science question. A molecule, which contains both positively and negatively charged units, but have an overall net neutral charge, such as amino acids, are known as what? Oh, molecules. My one weakness. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Why can I get that one? <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a very quick episode because <laughs> i'm sure that this is not even a term i have heard well uh are we just gonna tap out or are we just gonna throw a random series of consonants and vowels together <laughs> are you are you trying to make tap out happen because I, I i don't know if it's happening all right fine you want to fetch i mean <laughs> i'm flexible <laughs> all right i i i do not know the answer and i'm not going to come up with it <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Then uh, why don't you tell me the name of the movie you want to see? Uh, <laughs> so, yes, there there is molecules, and we all have them. <laughs> but how much do we really know about our molecules? Let's take Apparently a zero. <laughs> uh, yes. Basically, molecules, if they're made up of two smaller uh, subsets, one positive, one negative, they kind of lock together, they become a neutral thing so that they're not always, you know going off and reacting with other things. Uh, they used to be called dipoles. And then the Germans got a hold of it, and they said, uh, nine, 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 that is not a good name. And they said, we're calling them Zwitterians. Yeah, that's not a thing. You made that up. <laughs> I did not make it up, much as I did not make up Google, the ghost who cries. If you, if you told me that the ghost who cries was named Zwitterian, I would have believed that more. Uh, you know, there was also an actor at one point named George Goobel, and he cried all the time, too. And it... Okay. Swaterians. Yeah. Ask for him by name. <laughs> okay, one more. I know. Those are the questions that get me a bad reputation. I understand. Uh, but you did get a perfect first round, so I don't, I don't really feel for you. Anyway. Everything else is gravy. Honestly, it, it... I'm just happy to be nominated. <laughs> this is very true. Just promise me one thing. You won't bite your friends. I haven't seen the video yet, so I promise nothing. Oh, well, all right. Uh, two points for sports as we wrap up round three here. Are you ready? Yep. Here we go. Theodore Vitoyanis was a professional wrestler who drew the largest crowds in North America in the 1930s. Then, in 1938, he married a babe and abruptly retired. What was his ring name? No, this is why you get the reputation you get. <laughs> Professional wrestlers of the 1930s. That's why. Because I, I have absolutely no clue. Um, I'm, I'm tempted to say Zoltar, 
just in homage to big. I feel like it's something along those lines. It's like Z, it's Zol something, but watch that be totally wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I honestly, when you say this name, I'm not going to kick myself, but I might kick you. <laughs> well, make sure the ref is looking in the other direction. My goodness, such violence. Oh, I, let me go get a folding chair. Um, were they, did they do go. folding? They didn't have folding chairs in the 1930s, so they probably didn't do that. No, they had to melt them all down for the war effort. I mean, come on. All right. Well, so are you going to fetch? Yeah. I, <laughs> I guess. I'm doing the thing. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised you didn't just bite me. I mean, Mama, you're not my friend. I can bite you. Uh, all right. So this was gettable, Jess. Uh, uh, this, this was gettable. So Theodore Vitoyanis was a great athlete. He was a fantastic wrestler, drew amazing crowds for the 1930s. I said in 1938, he married a babe. She oh. was a great, great athlete in her own right. See, it was gettable. Hey, that, that is gettable. I, I, I take back 50% of the ire that I threw in your direction just now. Yes, indeed. She took his name in marriage, and the two of them were Mr. and Mrs. Zaharias. Of course, his wife was much more uh, of an athlete, being a professional golfer, an Olympian. She could pretty much do anything. In fact, probably would have if they had, if you know, if sports were integrated uh, with the sexes back then, because they made fun of her a lot and didn't let her play in the reindeer games. Babe Didrikson married George Zaharias. That's that's a hell of a that's a hell of a stage name. It, it is. It was interesting to me is that you know she married him, became Babe. Didrikson Zaharias, and his that wasn't his real name. That was his stage name, basically, his, his ring name, and yet that, that's what she married him under. So, Well, maybe he legally changed it. There's a lot of people that did that. This is very true. This is I just saw Rocket Man. It's true of Elton John. People change their names. I understand it's a thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, I, I, I picture wrestlers, you know, like, George the Animal Steel and his my wife, Susan Animal. You know, I just... It's, it's just <laughs> that's all I'm saying. All right, maybe she would take the animal part, but maybe she like would. All of Hulk Hogan's kids are surnamed Hogan, right? Probably. They don't go by Bolia. This is true. All right. Um, round four. Okay. It's going to follow round three. You did okay in round three. You got the eight-point question, which means that, uh, you know, even though you only got one right, it was for eight. You're going to add those eight to the 24 you had coming into round three. Put you at 32. Very good score, 32, as we head into the highest scoring round, round four. Point value is going to increase to three, five, seven, and nine. Okay. And the categories for round four, well, this is what we're left with for the season. Kicking things off with music, following that up with television, moving on to history, and we're going to wrap up round four with audio hodgepodge, which admittedly is a bit of a lifestyle. All three letters are fair game for this round. All right, well, these are some of my historically better categories. So, this is difficult. Um, let's go with seven points on music. Seven points on music. Good luck. And here is your question. In 1989, an 18-year-old student at Binghamton High School held one of the secretaries at knife point, demanding that she play what band song over the school's PA system? Wow. I know. That seems extreme. That starts with an E, Jess. <laughs> That's true. And I, I mean, it could have been extreme, but um, hmm. let me think about songs that in 1989 would have been popular. There are some bands out there that like there's Yaz and there's XTC. And there's Warren Zevon. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with hmm. there was a band in the 80s called Yellow, right? I'm going to go with them. I think it was them. Okay, there there was indeed a band in the 80s called Yellow, I, I remember. Not the answer we're looking for, and uh, commence the kicking, for you did say the correct answer. The student uh, actually uh, brought the knife in, said play the song. They relented. They actually did play the song over the, over the uh, PA system. The student put the knife down and went quietly with the police officers. When questioned, he said, I have no idea why I just did that. Uh, <laughs> perhaps the devil made him do it because he wanted to hear Dear God 
by uh, XTC. Interesting. I, I, I feel like XTC is a band that has a cult following of like a lot of really nerdy people. I don't picture them as like the kind of people, and on the other hand, yellow. Like I, I, I feel like that's more of an absurdist thing. Like I'm going to go in and demand that. So. Yeah, oh. per- perhaps he wouldn't have needed a knife for that. He probably just would have held a quirk gun filled with jelly or something. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, but XTC, I, I feel like most of the XTC fans I know are not capable of that level of violence. So I guess it's good on the kid for having good taste. Uh, well, there, there is that. I mean, it, and, it, and at least it wasn't the Battle of Peter Pumpkinhead, because that's a much more violent song. So it, the real coincidence would have been if he ended up in the cell with Nigel, who's <laughs> no longer making plans. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Hey, look, your senses are working overtime on this one. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Television is up next. You have the five. You also have the three and the nine. What do you want for uh, the television? Let's burn the nine. Burn in the nine with the television. Good luck. And here is your question. Matt Dallas starred in this show's three-season run about an amnesiac with an unusual physical deformity. What was this show called? (laughs) Uh, I I should have known it was going to be some kind of of strange thing from the late 70s, early 80s. That's your wheelhouse. I, I, I don't know, actually. I'm just guessing, but... All right, so it could be X, Y, or Z. And it ran for three seasons, so it wasn't a total fiasco. Three whole seasons, and he had an unusual physical deformity. Hmm, let me think about this some more. X, Y, or Z. Hmm, he probably wasn't an X-Man. I feel like I probably would have heard of this. Uh, nope, I'm, I'm tapping out. I'm ah. fetching. There you go. <laughs> Right. Um, this was this was not a show from uh, as far back as you think. Uh, this show was one of those in the I guess post X Files sci fi craze. Um, it came out at around the same time as another show that was also about an amnesiac. That was a show called John Doe, starring Dominic Purcell. And uh, in that show, he just he just had no memory and it, there was a photograph from vietnam and uh, you know there were nefarious things happened to to poor dom uh that show did not last nearly as long as this show uh kyle x y is the name of the show i vaguely heard of that but... he, sh- he showed up he uh, was a teenager he showed up naked uh and he had no belly button clones <laughs> his physical deformity was that he had no belly button no belly button because he wasn't born, you see. He, he was cloned, and so that was very a uh, crucial plot device. The and this poster ran for, for the show. Seasons. And yes. it, the poster for the show was a, like a shirtless teenage boy with no belly button. Yes. yes. And this ran for three seasons. It, this, was, this, was, this ran for three seasons. I believe it, it, it actually was picked up by a second network to, to prolong the uh, agony. Uh, and then... And then ended on a cliffhanger because they decided after the, the third season the, the, they didn't tell them that there wasn't going to be a fourth. Well, I, I, I do kind of enjoy it when that happens to shows that are bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never watched it, but uh, I, I did remember it, so there you go. I, I do not remember this, but I maybe I'm blocking it out. <laughs> well, couldn't get the television, couldn't get the music. History is up next, however. You have the three, you have the five. Uh, what say ye? I'll go with the five. Five for history. Good luck, Jess. Here is your question. A trio of foreign agents attempt to solicit a bribe from a delegation that included a future Supreme Court justice and a future vice president. What was this scandal called? Do you want me to pretend I don't know? Because I could do that for a while. But I, I did a project on this in high school. This was the XYZ affair. Uh, the XYZ Affair, do you know why it was called the XYZ Affair? Since you did the project on it, I mean. Because those were the code names of the agents in question. They were referred to in documentation as X, Y, and Z. Uh, yes, they, they, they uh, used up all the letters back then, and there haven't been any scandals si- since, so that's why we're using Individual One now, because it's the only scandal that's happened since then. Yeah, this was, uh, France was trying to bribe us. <laughs> And it didn't go very well. They uh, kind of 
had a little tiff. Eventually, we uh, mended all the fences there. Uh, John Marshall was a Supreme Court justice. Uh, Elbridge Gary. Yeah, it's Gary, and then they changed it for yep. Jerry. And uh, yeah, XYZ affair. You are correct. You get your five points. Huzzah! Yay. You see what I did there? I started with the X, then I went XY, and then I did XYZ. It's a, it's a, yeah. yeah. And so the answer to this one is going to be Zapting Bats. <laughs> Zapting Bats is your answer. Three points for Jess, and now we'll move on to the confidence. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be uh, worth three points to you. It is our audio hodgepodge question. Here is how it is going to work, Jess. I'm going to ask you the question. And then I'm going to play a little clip for you. And the idea is that after you've listened to the clip, clearly at that point, you'll be able to answer the question for this question. I am again saying otherwise. Throw out all X's, Y's, and Z's. You'll understand why. Because here is your question. Please tell me the name of the person in this clip who is wrapping up our alphabet season in very appropriate fashion, by reciting the alphabet for us. All right, go ahead and close your eyes, tilt your head backward, okay? And then you're going to say the entire English alphabet from A to Z in a non-rhythmic manner, meaning you're not going to sing it, okay? A, you B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O P Q R S T U V W X Y N Z. Okay, sir, what I want you to do is go ahead and place your hands behind your back, okay? Okay, so that's clearly somebody getting arrested, and somebody sounds very inebriated. At first, I thought it might have been like somebody doing a magic trick or something, but I, I think this is actually this is actually an inebriated person. And you didn't give me any other additional clues. You just said, who is the person reciting the alphabet in this clip? Correct. So I don't get anything like a year or anything like that. No. Oh, okay. All right. Just checking. Um, so drunk this is person, round four, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drunk person reciting the alphabet. Um, and it is the English alphabet. They were very clear on that one. That's kind of strange. Nobody's going to, like, make you recite, recite like, the Laotian alphabet or anything, unless you're on The Amazing Race. I do a Rupert impersonation. Cow. B. Cow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this probably ties into a famous celebrity mugshot or something like that. But I, I'm thinking of, like, drunken national treasures. And so my guest here is going to pay tribute to one of the greatest drunken national treasures of all time. I'm going to say this is the Hoff. The Hoff. That is not where I thought you were going with that. Okay. I heard you say national treasures. So I thought you were going to say Nick Cage. <laughs> if it's Nick Cage, I'm going to be angry. Uh, it's not Nick Cage. Yeah. And unfortunately, it is also not the Hoff. So, oh, well. yeah, but you... you Absolutely accurately uh, sussed out that this person is uh, getting arrested, uh, doing a little uh, full-on DUI uh, sobriety test in the field. This person is celebrity enough that the full uh, video dash cam uh, coverage of the event made its way out onto the internet, as it were. This is a wonderful, wonderful uh, clip, because not only does it pay tribute to our alphabet season, but... Uh, this arrest took place in Florida, so it also wraps <laughs> up our Only in Florida campaign here. Uh, that alphabet uh, request also included him uh, asking uh, the officer, you want me to recite the national anthem? No, I want you to recite the alphabet. Oh. Uh, and, of course, he, he did so and was immediately uh, placed in cuffs. That would be one Mr. Tiger Woods. Oh, wow. How might he have fallen? Indeed, indeed. Uh, he claimed he was on some sort of prescription. Just took too much. So it was like it was like a whole precursor to Big Little Lies season two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get another show. I need to catch up on. <laughs> Anywho, I cannot give you the points for that one. However, it was not a complete loss that round. Nay, nay. Uh, you got five points. 
for the XYZ affair. I'm going to add those five points to the 32 you had coming into the round, which means you were sitting on 37 points. 37 is pretty good. Pretty good, don't you think? I'm, I'm happy with it. I think that's better than I did the entire last time before I even got to the final question. And here we are at said final question, the final question of season four, our confidence question. It is your last chance to try to improve your final score, Jess. Only one question is before you. Only one answer is required. I will give you the category, and you must, must wager between one and ten points. Get it right. I will add those points to your score, and happily so. Get it wrong, Jess. Get it wrong, and not only will you lose those precious points, but I'm going to make you tap dance. (laughs) You weren't expecting that one, were you? I thought I I was the one getting punished. Oh, Jess. Jess, don't bite your friends. <laughs> when will you learn? Jess, as always, this season, I have asked all of my guests this season to, uh, to, to happily give me three categories for the confidence question that you feel confident in that I could choose from. You have graciously done so. I have deviously selected the one that I liked best. And so I ask you on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in a question about the Back to the Future trilogy. Ah, I, I figured that was the one you were going to go with. So I'm going to go ahead and wager five points, so then if I get it right, I can have a lost number. I saw that coming a mile away. I can only hope that you get it right, because I would love for you to get that lost number, but we shall see. Here is your question. The first film of the trilogy in question was released in 1985, and it was the number one movie in terms of domestic box office for the entire year. What actor who appeared in that film matched that feat by going on to appear in another year-end number one before the turn of the century? (laughs) Well, I I think I know where you're going with this, because I think it fits the theme. Um, And this is like any actor who appeared in the film. Uh, this is not like doesn't have to be top build. Oh no 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 no. Okay, well then this has to be Billy Zane, who went on to appear in Titanic in 1997. Okay, so your answer is Billy Zane, who went on to appear in Titanic. I thought that perhaps, perhaps someone out there uh, not remembering the theme would possibly throw out someone whose name I had uh, subliminally inserted into the episode earlier, Elijah Wood, who. Made his film debut, of course, in Back to the Future 2 as Video Game Kid. Yeah, he didn't even use his hands. I'm telling you, he was a star in the making. You could see it even back then. I gave you the hint in the clue here. I said, what actor in this film matched that feat? This is an actor who played a character named Match in both Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2. He is one of Biff's flunkies. And he was portrayed by one Mr. Billy, don't call me bald, Zane. Five points for you. We're going to add that to your score. You got your lost number of 42. Well done, Jess. Well done, indeed. Shout out to Mario Lanza, who just did Titanic on his Staff Picks podcast and resurrected that piece of Billy Zane trivia. And that's probably the reason I got that. Hey, they don't ask how you come up with the answers. As long as you come up with the answers, you came up with your answer. That's really heavy. Oh, great, Scott. <laughs> Jess, thank you so much for being, uh, once again, my my closer, the, the Mariano Rivera of Beat My Guest podcast, closing out the season once again in fine fashion. Uh, before I let you go, anything else you'd like to plug or replug or uh, fetch? Uh, for the listeners <laughs> well first of all I finished with 42 which is appropriate if I'm the Mariana Rivera so there's ding, that ding <laughs> ding ding and also uh, you guys can check out some of my podcasts over on robhasawebsite.com where I'm covering currently Amazing Race Canada over on postshowrecaps.com we have some Walking Dead coverage and then I am doing a little bit of writing on primetimer.com. If you click over to features, you can find some of the fine pieces I have written lately about various things, TV and streaming. 
Uh, I highly recommend everybody check it out. Jess is a delight in the hot seat. She is even more of a delight when she knows more than anyone else of what she's talking about, which is usually the case, especially with the Amazing Race coverage. She does a great job there. Jess, as always, as usual, I cannot do a season without you. Thank you so much for being here. Now go away. (laughs) All right. I will. And thank you all for listening. We will be back before you know it, with a brand new season, season five, check out the Facebook group, Beat My Guest, the Fans Hot Seat, and offer up any suggestions for the upcoming new season, any changes you'd like to see us make, anything you liked about the season, or just join the community. They're a good group of people. Until the next time, if there is a next time, oh, there'll be a next time, don't you worry. I'm tapping out for now. Take care. Bye-bye. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you liked what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. Okay. All right, let's play. <laughs> <laughs>